This one's gonna be a weird one. I'm not gonna lie. Hi, I'm Lauren, I'm one of your co-hosts, and this is where I do my disclaimer for the episode. It's my week, so I've gotta do the disclaimer. The reason why this one's a weird one is because there isn't a lot of the early life that we can go in on, because if you can't tell by the title, if you don't know what this case is, it's a very recent case, as in this person was sentenced almost pretty much exactly a month ago. These crimes took place in the past decade, and this is very recent. So we don't have a lot on this person's early life, and normally I would wait a fair amount of time before we can get the info on their early life, on their psychology, before we talk about it. But I don't feel like this person's going to actually ever talk. If I'm being completely honest, I don't think they're going to say shit. Even in like 50 years time, I still don't think they're going to say anything. And I think this person's just a massive cunt. Like normally I'd go into the early life, childhood, the motives, all this kind of stuff. But we don't know any of that. And normally we're covering cases that are from 40 to 50 years ago. So we have all the information now. But as you've noticed that we've lately been doing a lot of recent cases so we don't have a lot of the early life on this on these people and this one is included and I quite frankly want everyone to remember this person's an arsehole, this person's a cunt. And yeah, I think this is a very serious case that we need to get in on, especially because it's very recent. And I don't want the fact that they gain a little more cushy life in the prison they were sent to to be looked at I, I don't want I don't I don't want people being like oh but she's got a nice life in this prison she's got a nice little set I don't want people doing that I don't think people are but I don't want people doing that but in this episode we will be talking about child murder child death uh stillborn miscarriages we will be talking about the death of young children, mostly babies that are that were premature. Some that weren't premature and some were murdered in a horrific way that didn't deserve it by someone who was meant to protect them. Someone who was meant to make sure they got better. Someone that was... Lit, their sole purpose is to make sure these children get out of this hospital alive and they live full lives but that's not the case a lot of these victims passed away due to her actions and a lot of the victims that didn't pass away suffered life-threatening conditions that will be with them for the rest of their lives because of what she did so we're going to be going in on this today if you are uncomfortable with this topic, I completely understand because this is a recent case, so you do not have to listen to this episode. No one's, you don't have to listen to this podcast if you don't really want to. And I completely get it. I will not be naming. Uh, there will there will be no naming the parents. There'll be no naming the victims of this person because that is a thing that has been put forward is that the names of the families and the victims will not be revealed to the public and that is how it's going to stay so i want to make it clear i'm going to talk about this piece of shit and what she did
and make sure no one fucking forgets how much of a piece of shit she is. On with the episode. Hello there. Hello. Hello, hello. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to everyone. Hope everyone's have had a good week. How's your week been? It's been alright? Yeah. Nice, 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 nice. Uh Yeah. I've got <laughs> I've got busted tomorrow and I'm very excited. As you should be. As anyone should be for a concert. Yeah, I've not been to the arena in a while. It's like the arena. I've not been there for a while. I think the last time I went to the Manchester Arena was for Parkway Drive last year, so been a good year. Not been. It's been not. So it's not been a good year. It's been pretty pretty shite. Uh, it's been it's been a good. It's it's been a good break away from the arena. But I, I love going. I love going back to the arena. I'm not gonna lie for gigs. Like I love my small gigs, but I also do love like the really big production ones at the same time. Something about them. I think sometimes uh, it's good to be in a smaller area uh, than a large enclosed a larger area with a ton of other people. Yeah. It's find a good balance. Not not just in any like concerts, but I think in quite a lot of things you do sometimes, uh, unless you're claustrophobic, being in a smaller area com- compared to bigger areas all the time. Yeah. Coming quite good. Going with my cousin. She's gonna. We're gonna I'm gonna take her out for a few for some drinks afterwards and beforehand, so she's getting a bit more of a Manchester night out. She lives in the arse end of nowhere, so this is whenever she comes to visit and I take her places. She's always amazed by stuff because she lives in the arse end of nowhere. Like, they got Domino's for the first time, like, six years ago, and you have to drive to the next town over if you want a McDonald's, like... Yeah, no, I, I, to be fair, I, I don't live in the arse end of nowhere, but I still get, like, surprised when I visit other cities that have things that my city, my closest city, doesn't have. So I can emphasize when people go somewhere and they're like, oh, whoa. Because when you, when you are somewhere that has it all, you don't understand what it's like being somewhere where you don't have all, all, all of the stuff or at least have it in the convenience of it just being there in one area, if that makes sense. No, no, I get it. Like, I remember we only started doing this a couple of years ago where, you know, she'd come here and then I'd we'd have a night out here and then I'd go to hers and have like a night out kind of uh it's one of those towns well i'm not gonna tell you where it is but it's one of those towns where it's pretty small i know where you live because it's a small town i think that's why i'm not saying it if it's like a city then i'd be like oh yeah she lives kind of here but i wouldn't i don't know she's in she lives in too much of a small town but no have you not, have I, you not seen that yeah. <laughs> the meme i keep referencing the meme is the it's the end of that garfield episode when garfield uh, just pops up and he goes i know where you live and someone edited it so it just cuts off very quickly but before it cuts off it's just got the eye IP address. I know where you live. Yeah. IP address. Like they've got like a few local pubs, and that's it's a local pub town, and that's kind of it. So when I she, I think the first time she came here for like a night out, this was just, like not. This was like when everything was slowly reopening uh, after COVID. So like I think it was like a year after, like everything had gone to shit, and nightclubs weren't open yet, but bars and stuff like that were open till like 3 a.m like like kind of business so i took i was like okay i've got this like a table booked to this place we'll go for there for a few drinks and then we'll go to this bar that i go to and 
my dad was waffling on like you don't shut the fuck up sometimes so i had to get we had to get a taxi to this to the place we were going to so we're going to turtle bay and we got in the uber took got to turtle bay got the uber and get out of the car and she just goes you're not gonna pay him i'm like oh jess it's uber man you, I don't, i've already i did that before we got in the taxi <laughs> this is how uber works i had to show her how uber worked and i did it didn't comprehend to me that where she lives they don't have uber like it's not a thing so and then i think the last time she came and i was thinking it's either the yeah the last time um we were walking down the street after leaving bottomless brunch and she just saw that we had a dunkin donuts and she went you've got dunkin donuts i went yeah and i was like it's kfc right next to it and all and she just went you got a taco bell or something as well i was like yeah it's in the arndale <laughs> and she just couldn't get yeah, we, we don't have a dunkin donuts yeah we have two now i think we've got, I think we've got two but yeah we didn't care yeah there's, there's we've got loads of fucking shit down if you go you like ever come to manchester and you walk down like this strip of dean's gate there's fucking loads of shit but yeah like she was just baffled by it all so it's gonna be fun if she decides to stay over tomorrow night she gets to go on like a proper night out with me and my mates like proper a proper one so this will be really fun but yeah um one thing that's not fun is the case that i'm going to be talking about today uh like i don't normally cover the recent cases i've done a couple but that's normally you yeah well, I say recent. Well, depending on what your definition of recent is, I take that. Well, it's you, when I do stuff when it's like 2014 or like 2009 well, yeah. or like 2016, that feels recent. But when in retrospect, it's not really recent considering how far away we are from those don't, years. Don't, don't, don't make me feel old like this. What do you mean me? Making everyone feel old. It, but, yeah. I, you know, so, I like more newer cases on... Just I like to do them on the fact of like either I've seen it or I'm like oh uh, how did I not see this was this you know because well if it's something recent you would have thought you would have heard about it in the news at least um, or at least seen it but I just like a lot of newer cases it balances it out from doing a lot of older stuff which folk might have heard to doing more stuff more recently because as we have uh, learned in this podcast uh, we've evolved greatly over the years so when you cover a case that happened in the 80s it's going to be so vastly different from yeah. something that's newer in terms of many things and aspects as we uh, well, the cover the psychology on serial killers has, has been way more understood now so i feel like when people are noticing patterns the quicker to react with it than people would have done in say the 70s or 80s like they'll notice a pattern and they'll actually react to it a lot quicker because it's more understood and it's more widely known now. Also, if you want to feel old, uh, my friend reminded me the other day that Mr. Brightside by The Killers has just turned 20. And I feel a bit sick. Uh, but, yeah, this case is very... This case is very recent. And when I say recent, I mean this person got sentenced a month ago. Oh, okay. And it has been... If you're not in the UK, you might not have heard of this case, but I don't really know. 
if you are in the UK, you Uh-oh. have most likely heard of this case because it has been fucking plastered everywhere. Probably for the, I think it's been plastered everywhere for the past few years, more so in the last couple months. Um, we've done a case like this before when we covered the case of Beverly Allett. I th- yeah, okay, yeah, I think yeah, I know what you're, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. We're going to do the case of Lucy Letby. Okay, I, I did wonder um, when, I, I, well, you, I knew you were going to do this, it was <laughs> when, considering how much information there's been out, or if you would have waited till it's kind of, everything's out there so you've got more, because there's still stuff going on now. There's still stuff um, going on, but I've got this fucking, I've said, I've said this in the disclaimer that I've already recorded, but um, I don't think she's ever going to fucking talk. If I'm being completely honest with you, I don't think she's ever gonna talk about it. I don't think. I mean, if I'm, I don't think she'll. Uh, I don't. I don't think we'll find out. I think we might find out like a tiny bit on her childhood if any of her old friends goes to the papers or something or anything like that. But I don't think she will talk. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much information's gonna come after we do this, but um. There's been so much out already. Uh regardless of that especially when i heard about this this has to has to be one of the most horrific cases yeah. with the uk's ever seen i would have said the world scene i, I would no, in, I, I, I wouldn't say the world or the uk's ever seen I've de- we've definitely had yeah but i want to say in the, in in terms of recent years in the, yeah. the past like t- like 10 10 or so she has you know we've had way worse but in like recent terms where you where we've not has as prolific level no, stuff she's... compared to back in the day when i heard this i thought okay we're going back to that like level of she, like, quite uh, seriousness has been labeled as the most prolific child killer of modern british times she yes has got, she so has got that label now because I... the amount of children that she murdered and the and also the amount she attempted to murder we will be going in on that one thing that i've been following this for a while now like i so i'm gonna give shout out to this podcast on spotify that i've been listening to so basically it's called the trial of lucy letby if you want more in-depth info it's great it's brilliant because it is two journalists that have actually been in the courtroom oh throughout this so they are actually journalists that have been in the courtroom it's they they have mentioned obviously people are going to question was this a was list legally okay for you to talk about this and they have said it's legally okay for them to do that podcast because they are talking about exactly word for word what has been said in court so it's not taken outside of context it's all completely word for word of what's been said and they've not named the victims or the victim's parents because that has been something that was announced that the victims and the victim's parents will not be named they were obviously named in court but outside of court they will not be made public Um, oh and we're 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 okay about Mate, she's been sentenced. We're fine. Yeah, yeah. Trials, are, no. trials, trials ended, and and everything that I'm listing off is everything that's already public knowledge. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. I, I, I was going to say if you were going to name stuff that they well, said you th- couldn't yeah, say, it's not in the okay. It's not in the public. Anything that's not already out there was not either not said in court or it, you just weren't allowed to release it to the public because if because it's been a month now, month it's the trial's been going on for a good few years. 
Uh, this trial's been going on since around 2018, we need to point out, but obviously stuff like COVID got in the way. There was a lot of the jury deliberating and not agreeing that caused this to be postponed quite a bit. When I was listening to the podcast, every episode was either a new uh, day in court or it was them interviewing psychologists if it got delayed. Like, there was stuff like this and interviewing other crime journalists as well so one thing to point out we're not going to be able to talk about her childhood and early life because there isn't really anything on it because it's just happened that's what i find with new cases that some uh, uh, early life and stuff just isn't either documented that well well, or not much is said it's one of those things where I also don't feel like there's going to be much anyway. I can't see her talking unless people who kind of knew her want, like once upon a time start talking to the media, but you can, or, never, you can never tell if that's fully true true or false. That's one thing when you talk about people's childhoods. Unless there's multiple accounts saying the same shit, you can't say that actually happened because so many people will happily go to the press for a cash grab to talk about this thing that's happened. Well, that was the thing I was thinking of. If anything was coming out after this, um, because of was it yesterday when I saw on the telly, they were people are trying to speak with the uh, higher up people within the hospital that she worked in to get yes. some information, and the head chief guy wouldn't say anything, and then they tracked someone else down in relation to it who lived in France on a private mansion to get information and they wouldn't speak so i feel like if anything comes out of it it's if any anyone else shared some information that's not her sort of thing but with a case like this and the head chief guy whatever his name was not even wanting to say anything when the uh, press or the itv or whatever went up to him or the bbc i doubt people are going to be saying much unless they're forced to at some point so well yeah exactly so Gonna go into this. I um yeah, this is not gonna be fun, obviously. Never is, but this one's just it's so <laughs> recent. Like I'm happy one thing I'm happy about, they've stopped putting that picture of her, you know, holding the onesie up everywhere, you know, the one where she looks really innocent and kind and they finally started putting the mugshot up. It's like, oh there we go, she doesn't look like a fucking nice person there, she looks like a cunt. Oh, oh yeah, I hit the one where she was uh, yeah. Yeah, the picture with And a smiley one. Yeah, they stopped using that now. They started using the mugshot. And I'm like, thank fuck. I was getting sick to death of seeing that fucking smiley picture everywhere when they were talking about her. I hate it. It was pissing me off. I was like, point... I was like, yeah, because that, that paints a bad image. I'm like, if this was any other fucker, you'd be putting the fucking mugshot up. Put a mugshot up. For the love of God, just do it. And then they did it. And I was like, thank God for that. You can tell she looks like a pile of shit. I don't know why, but why is there a photo of her holding up a Freddo frog? I don't fucking know, you know. I've just Googled images and there's a photo of her smiling with a Freddo frog. I wouldn't be smiling. They're fucking not cheap now, so... And you won't get them in prison. So I'm not fucking fucking smiling. God knows how much a Freddo would be in prison. Because you can buy stuff from, like, Coruscant. No, it's not, it's not going to be the case of that dude that wanted all the money get, um, they'll, they'll get to the fucking Mars bars. They'll, uh, yeah, no, they'll, um... If, they, if there's going to be Freddos in prison, there might be the Aldi versions, if there is Aldi versions of Freddos. Oh, oh she, she's not going to get it off light No. in prison. No, oh, no. Or, apparently, she's already been attacked, so... 
What, really? Yeah. I was like, that was... Well, I, was I like, hope oh, it's fucking brutal. I was like, well, we all knew that was going to happen. <laughs> you probably... I mean, nobody's surprised at that. No, no one's surprised. Anyway. I'd be surprised if she wasn't attacked. Yeah. So Lucy Letby was born on the 4th of January 1990. So there's context on how fucking young she was when she started this shit. So she's 33 now. These crimes started in 2016. So she was 26 when she started this shit. Um, she is the only child of a finance manager and, a, and an accounts clerk. She grew up in Hereford and was educated at Aylstone School and Hereford Sixth Form College. She had a very, apparently when she was born, the birth was very difficult. And according to a, uh, apparently according to a friend who knew her since uh, secondary school, Lucy's always been very grateful for being alive to the nurses who would have helped save her life. And this is what apparently led her to be a nurse because she wanted to do what they did, which is save lives to save children's lives when they were born. Yeah, oh, that's... Fucking hell, that's mm, the irony with that one. Yeah. She pursued her education in nursing at the University of Chester, where she also worked as a student nurse during her three years of training, carrying out placements at Liverpool Women's Hospital and the Countess of Chester Hospital, which is where the crimes take place. She was the first member of her family to study at university and graduated in September 2011. Wow, I bet that they were so proud of her then. I, f fucking irony of how it went out. A friend described her as quite awkward and geeky. Cool. Uh, let me began working as a registered nurse at the neonatal unit of the Countess of Chester Hospital in 2012. In the 2013 staff profile, she said that she was responsible for caring for a wide range of babies requiring various levels of support and that she enjoyed seeing them progress and supporting their families. Letby also took part in a campaign to raise funds for a new neonatal unit at the hospital, which is where the picture of her wearing the onesie um, came from. Parents noted that Letby ha happily chatted about her life, such as telling them about how she was single and happy being single. We're going to eventually find out. We don't know if she was actually single. Because apparently something might have been going on with a married doctor. <laughs> oh, no. Apparently. There's rumours that she had... Not in the workplace. There's like rumours that she had a crush on this doctor who has not been named, but... And she's like, no, and she's like, no, no, I never had a crush on him. And you, apparently the text transcripts were like, mate, come on, come on. Yes, you but Yeah, those, this, this is like blatant textbook flirting. Uh, which you're not judging her for. I mean, I'm not liking the fact that you're going after a married guy, but you got a crush on him. So, so, so fucking what? Uh, let be at two training placements at Liverpool Women's Hospital in late 2012 and early 2015, which came under investigation after her conviction. In June 2016, consultations asked Ash Management to remove her from clinical duties pending an investigation into her conduct. She had previously moved from night to day shifts in April 2016 by the unit's ward manager. Letby was transferred to the patient experience team in July 2016 and later to the risk and patient safety, no safety office, working there until her arrest in 2018. Letby had finally qualified to work with the infants who needed intensive care in 2015, the same year the suspicious incident began. One thing I've noticed, some people... 
a lot of people believe she's guilty. A lot of people do, but you do get the odd few that go, is she though? I can't look at the fact that the sooner she started working there, these things started happening, and the soon as they took her away from that, it stopped. And it always happened when she was there. And the thing, and we'll go into what happened to the to the babies. It's not a natural cause situation. Let Bea told others that she had found that she found non-intensive care work boring and sought the action of the intensive care unit. When she was moved to day shifts, the suspicious incidents notably moved from occurring overnight to happening in the daytime when she was working. It's not fishy. An informal review conducted in June 2015 by a, consul- by a consultant and lead uh, neonatologist at the Countess of Chester Hospital, NHS Foundation Trust, revealed troubling details regarding four unexplained collapses that occurred in the same unit. Three of these cases resulted in deaths in the same month, it was observed that Letby had been on shift for each occasion. The unit's consultants uh, promptly reported these deaths to the trust's committee responsible for addressing serious incidents. The committee classified the deaths as, as medication errors. Had they been classified as serious incidents involving unexpected deaths, an immediate investigation could have taken place if they were grouped together. So... People were suspicious from 2015. From when she began working there, people were very, very suspicious about what could possibly be going on. The numbers of unexplained collapses were particularly abnormal. There had previously been only two or three deaths in a year in the neonatal unit, but in the two months of June and August 2015 alone, there were four deaths. In two months, there were four deaths. The first suspicious case occurred on the 8th of June 2015. At 8pm, a healthy baby boy, a twin, was being cared for in Nursery 1 on the ward and the designated nurse was Lucy Letby. The boy had been handed over to Letby after she started her night shift with the paediatric registrar having clocked off and by this point Letby was 30 minutes into her shift. 26 minutes later she called a doctor with the baby's state rapidly deteriorating. The baby died half an hour later, less than 90 minutes into Letby's shift. The paediatric registrar later testified that when she heard about the death of the child the next day after returning to work, that it was a big surprise and completely out of the blue and very upsetting. He showed no signs of any problems throughout the day. He was handling it well. I had no concerns at all for him or his twin sister. A fellow nurse said that when the baby started deteriorating, she saw Letby standing over the infant's incubator and she originally did not intervene. However, the nurse then did when she realised he was not recovering under Letby's care. Doctors attending the scene said that child A developed an unusual blue and white uh, mottling on his skin after collapsing, which they said they had never seen before. This symptom occurred later occurred in other babies that were believed to have been intentionally injected with air. The day after child A's death, Letby searched for his parents on Facebook. And that happens a lot. Like, Why was she searching for them on Facebook? I don't know. She does it a lot, though. Like, after a child's death, she will send sympathy cards which i'm not that one i'm not weirded out by like fair enough you're taking care of the kid and the 
the baby sadly passed away, you want to send a sympathy card, that's completely okay. But some of the behaviour towards the parents in some cases are really, really strange and a lot of the parents have said that they were not comfortable with them at all. I mean, it, it, uh, knowing that she killed them is a bit weird on the fact that she sent sympathy cards because you now can see it as like a oh, yeah, kind of yeah. coverish up way to kind of be like, oh, I'm sorry that your child passed away to oh. try and make them think that. Oh, yeah, but at the, at the time, you'd probably go, oh, that, that's completely normal. Because it's a doctor. That's very, that's very sweet. This nurse who was there when my child died sent a, a sympathy card. At and you time, trust that, anyone. Yeah, especially a nurse. And at that time, like during that moment, you'd be completely fine with it. But when you find out later on that she caused the death, you'd be looking at that going, what the fuck? <coughs> yeah. And I mean, you wouldn't... I mean, messaging on Facebook and stuff, I guess it is a bit weird. But it, the fact of it is like a nurse or a doctor or someone in that sort of like realm. She didn't message them. She just looked for them. Oh, just looked for them. Regardless, if, you know... Someone like even if she had messaged or anyone, or you're in contact with someone like that, you, you don't think of them in a negative way because you'd think someone who's going into that profession would be there to help you. And I feel like a case like this kind of makes people more scared uh, in going into the hospital, which you shouldn't be. No. But I've been to the hospital. I've been to the hospital for some uh, for my scar back in the day, and all the staff were nice. No, but not once was I thinking, "Oh dear." Uh oh, I'm in trouble. So uh, I, f I feel for cases like this because it changed people's perception. Not necessarily mind, but y you understand that some people it after might, this and families as well, the, it, the, f the victims' families and stuff. It might make people who are about to have babies who are pregnant really worried about doing so. Yeah. In a hospital. Like, I would not be surprised if home births became more popular. I know they already kind of are, but I wouldn't really be shocked if they got even more popular. So about 28 hours after Child A's death, his twin sister Child B also inexplicably collapsed and had to be resuscitated. After Child A's death, the parents spent the day with Child B in the nursery with her, but were persuaded to go and rest before the baby's sudden crash. Tests later showed loops of gas-filled bowel in the child, as a result, it was later concluded that the baby had been injected with air. Letby had fed the baby 25 minutes before the collapse and the child had the same unusual rash on her skin as first seen on child A only hours earlier, indicating that it had also been injected with air. A few days later, child C, a boy in good condition, passed away. He suddenly collapsed as soon as another nurse left the nursery. Despite not being the designated nurse for the child, Letby was witnessed standing over his monitor as his alarm sounded when the other nurse came in. Letby's shift leader had already told her to focus on her own designated patient and the shift leader testified that she had to keep pulling her away from the family room as child C died. His parents later recalled a nurse they believed was Letby brought a ventilator basket in and said, even though their child was not, and she said, even though child, this baby was not dead yet at this moment in time, she came over to them and apparently said, you've said your goodbyes, do you want me to put him in here? Let them spend as much fucking time with their baby as they want. Wait, this isn't true. She kept souvenirs of... Oh, yeah, 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 we'll get into that. 
Okay, no, I'm ju- I'm just I'm just looking at photos that are popped up, and I'm like, why is there a bunch of rubbish? But you can explain that later. But I thought I was oh, that's horrible. On the twenty second of June, twenty fifteen, a baby girl, child D, collapsed three times in the early hours and died. Those who attempted to save the child noticed the girl's skin had been discoloured. A post-mortem x-ray showed a striking line of gas in front of the spine, consistent with air being injected into the bloodstream. A doctor later testified that such a finding could not be explained by natural causes. The mother had noted Letby hovering around the the family hours before the baby collapsed. Now, one thing when I was listening to the other podcast, they included what um, Lucy's defence said. I have never wanted to reach for a podcast and punch someone so fucking hard in my life. This defence that she had. I know it's his job. I completely know it's his job. But he was contradicting the doctors and, and like, professionals by saying, well, this was just natural causes. Of course. Like, he was saying stuff genuinely along the lines of, of course, this baby was going to die. He was just really ill. This This baby was just doomed from the start. It's like, no, they fucking weren't. A lot of the natural weren't. causes card. Now that's come it's, on. It's like they just, the, the the doctors who didn't even work at the hospital. They brought in professionals from outside the hospital to talk about it. So they had no connection to the case in the slightest. And they were like, "This is not a natural cause thing. You cannot cause this naturally. This is done by this." And this defense lawyer, I know it's his job, was just going, "No, this is natural causes." Like I want to punch you, dude. I know it's his job, but oh, it was winding me up. On the second of July, a doctor raised his concerns over the sudden collapses and deaths. No action was taken against Letby. The suspicious cases stopped for a month. On the fourth of August, twenty fifteen, a mother walked into the unit to give her baby boy, child E, his milk, only to find Letby apparently in the process of attacking the child. She found the baby distressed and bleeding from the mouth with Letby standing nearby, faffing around and not doing anything and wanting to look busy but not actually doing anything. Like, we've all done that in work, but our jobs, like, aren't making sure people live. Yeah, I've fucked about at work Every, and made myself like, it's not look just, like I'm busy. Like, it's not it's not busy in work. It's getting a bit boring. Time's dragging, so you kind of do something like wiping down the counters to make yourself look busy at least a little bit. But our jobs don't, you know, require people to live. So it's a bit different when we do it. Yeah, well, well I mean, like the fucking American just said, boss makes a dollar, I make a dime. That's why I poop on company time. You know, you, yeah, yeah. you you get some time to kill, but like, um, not when you're I, a, not not when you're a nurse. And also, just blood coming from the mouth. I I don't know that that. Like, how are the, you standing around trying to look busy, and like this baby's bleeding from the mouth, and your first instinct isn't to fucking take care of the child. It doesn't really affect me hard, but like I just had this thing about seeing blood in the mouth. This is one of those it, things where it's like it sends you into a blind panic. Yeah, but it's one of those things where you know when it's not supposed to happen, and yeah. then think about it or, or seeing it happen. It's kind of like uh like blood coming from the nose. Oh, that's fine because you get bleeding noses. But if someone had blood coming from the mouth and it was like pouring out, I would be if I saw that, I'd be a bit like oh shit. I've had it once. 
Did you? Yeah, like, uh... Well, well, there is one way I could think, but it's very dirty way. I mean, and I'm not going to say it. It's not that. But, no, it was last year I got really ill because my, my ex's uh, niece, it was her birthday, and we didn't know she was ill because, you know, oh. babies... She didn't, like... She didn't show any, like, symptoms other than just coughing, but, like, toddler's cough. So, um, we didn't think anything of it. And then, like, a few days later, like, about five or six of us were feeling disgusting. Like, it was, you had stomach problems, but, like, for me, and you were throwing up and everything, and it was just disgusting, and you felt like death. For me, like, I felt, you know, I was in a lot of pain in my stomach. And it was one of those levels of pain where you want to throw up because it might help. And you can't. Oh, your yeah, not yeah. You and it's horrible. So I was like, I right, hate that. I'm going to get in the shower and see if that... See, the hot water makes it react. It worked, to be fair. I jumped... My shower's next to my toilet, so I jumped out of the shower, like, very quick to throw up. But because I couldn't stop being sick, it ripped apart. It, like, a part of my skin ripped due to how violently I was throwing up. And, you know, it got to the point where my stomach didn't hurt anymore because I was th- I was throwing it all up. But after throwing up for too long, my stomach hurt because there was nothing left to throw up. And I noticed, like, a little bit of blood in my vomit because I was just constantly being sick. Oh, uh, horrible. But that was one of those where my throat felt horrible as well, so I, complete- I knew what it was straight away. I didn't panic. I was just like, this is the worst. I cursed out that fucking child, you know, after that. I was like, fuck that kid. That, that, that little sh-. Like, it got to a point with that, because after that, I did not trust that child. I was like, it, if my ex was like, oh, we're going to go around and see, like, my brother and his girlfriend and their kid for a bit, like, do you want to come? Like, can we have full confirmation that that child's not ill? Like, I want a doctor's note that she's healthy before I go near that kid. Otherwise I'm, putting, yeah, and... otherwise, I'm putting her in one of those massive balls. Like, hamster ball. I'm putting her in a hamster ball if I have to. And it's one of those things where uh, 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 just walking in on something like that is enough to send anyone into sheer shock and panic that you can't yeah. really recover from, you know. Especially if you go in and you witness something bad happening and there's nobody there that's bad enough but when you're there and you see someone and they're not doing anything of help that makes it even worse yeah so obviously later this boy died after suffering a fatal bleed which was believed to have been the cause of death as well as the injection of air flecks of blood were found in his vomit the next evening child e's twin brother child f was being cared for in nursery two in the same room in which lucy letby was looking after another infant at 1.54am, child F suffered an unexpected drop in his blood sugar and saw a surge in his heart rate. This child survived and a blood test later revealed that he had been given an extremely high amount of of, ex, of exogenous insulin, which he never apparently needed. He did not need this insulin, but it was given to him anyway. And that's not even something that you can accidentally do, because if it just says this person, this child does not need this insulin at all you're not going to give it to him like you're not going to give it to him simple fucking as so why the hell was his child given this medication when he doesn't need it 
No baby on the now what makes it worse, no baby on the unit had been prescribed insulin at the time. So there's no reason why the baby should have had it because it shouldn't have even been there. Like stuff like if you ever been into a hospital, you see that the stuff like this, insulin medication in general, is locked away and they have to scan something to actually gain access to get to the medication. So they would have to Lucy would have literally had to willingly gone out the room or gone to this container, grab, like scanned it, put this insulin in, like gave this baby insulin with no, nothing saying that that needs to happen. The insulin was kept in a locked fridge next to the nurse's station. Later that, at the trial, Letby did not did not contest that the baby had been intentionally injected with insulin, suggesting someone else must have done it. Yeah, sure. Sure. Who? Yeah, Who else did it? Name, name them, Lucy. If there's someone else that might have done it, and you might have an idea because you were in the room when the child collapsed and you were in the room the entire night. Who fucking did it then? Uh, let me search apparently for the patients, pe- for, the pe- for the parents of child ENF on social media the following weeks, for, in the following weeks and months. She cyberstalked them for a few months. At this point, the lead consultant made his feelings known that he wasn't happy with Letby working on the unit, but this was dismissed. On the 7th of September 2015 was exactly the 100th day of child G being alive and the nurses had put up banners and made a cake for her parents to mark the day. Because apparently child G, they were, when she was born, they were very optimistic on if she would actually survive. She was quite premature. So the fact that she'd reached 100 days was actually very impressive and they were very happy and they had a lot of hope that she would actually live. On the same day of the 100 day celebration, this is even, I mean, the entire thing's fucked. But the fact that she's picked the 100th day celebration when it's very obvious that they're celebrating it, banners are up, the cake's out, and she decides to attack the child. Because on that same day, the child collapsed and did so again on two other occasions in the following three weeks. After the first collapse, the baby girl was taken to Arrow Park Hospital, but five days later, she collapsed again, 15 minutes after Letby had been feeding her. The child survived, but is now severely disabled as a result of what happened to her. The baby witnessed projectile vomiting so massive that it reached the chair next to the cot and canopy that was a t- which an attending doctor said he had never witnessed before. Kids vomit a lot, babies vomit a lot, but I don't think I've ever heard of a kid projectile vomiting to the point where it hits the chair next to it. Like it's normally like. It's never that much. It's never that much. Like kids don't know how to really projectile vomit properly to the point where it shoots out. They kind of just like they're sick and it dribbles down them. But yeah, this happened. The doctor was actually shocked at it happening. Her heart rate and oxygen levels also dropped to an unusually low level. The doctor said that he could not find a natural cause for the drastic vomiting. Later at trial, an expert witness doctor concluded that the only viable explanation for the baby vomiting so extraordinary was if it had received far more milk than had than, than that it had been allocated down her feeding tube. And this couldn't happen accidentally. Like, this baby has a feeding tube. It can't 
feed naturally. It has to be done via a feeding tube, which means there are certain levels that you have to have and put into said tube. So you can't accidentally go insanely far over. It was later discovered that Letby had deliberately altered the baby's temperature on her observation chart to make it seem like it was already unwell before it collapsed, and had also faked the time it collapsed to make it seem like it had happened when a colleague gave it a milk feed. A nurse noticed when she arrived at Letby's cry for help after one of the girls one of the girls collapses, the machine that the machine connected to the baby to measure its oxygen saturations and heart rate levels had been turned off. She turned the fucking machine off. A colleague had also noticed that Child G's initial collapse occurred on the exact day she was originally due to be born. So this child was hundred days premature. This bitch tries to fucking kill her on the day she was meant to actually on her on the initial due date. About six weeks after Child G's multiple collapses, Child Jesus, look, there's so fucking many. Uh, there's another. So after Child G's multiple collapses, another child died on the twenty third of October, twenty fifteen. This was the fourth time the baby girl had collapsed. On the fourth collapse, Letby was found next to her incubator by another nurse. It was the parents of this child to which Letby later sent a sympathy card to the parents on the day of the baby's funeral. A card which Letby kept photos of on her phone. She sent the card? Fine. Now we're looking at it back on it, it's fucking weird. At the time, if she didn't kill anyone... It would have been fine. And if this was just a sad, unfortunate thing where the ch- where a child passed away and she sent the sympathy card to the parents, fine. But the fact that she sent the sympathy card knowing full well what she's done and then kept photos of the card on her phone like a trophy. So that's, that's one of the souvenirs. It was like the card. Mm. Why? Makes no sense. It's, it's a fucking trophy. That's what it is. You know someone. You know someone's fucked up from the other level of taking something like a memento to a member of the horrific crime they've committed, as if they're proud of doing it. That's another level of messed up. Because we we cover people who do the cases and that's it. But then the people who take something so that they remember it in some way. That's fucked up. Yeah. Uh, Let B apparently wanted to go to the funeral, apparently, and she wasn't allowed to, but she wanted to go. Why? You don't need to be there. You don't need to be there. Twice the baby was found to have excess air in her stomach, which had affected her breathing. Before the second collapse, Let B had suspiciously said to a colleague that the child looked pale, even though it would have been hard to see from where they were standing in a doorway looking into a darkened nursery. So she's looking into a dark nursery because, you know, the baby's trying to rest and she's going, she looks pale. You can't fucking see her. Then when the designated nurse for the child turned the light on, she saw that the girl was not breathing. The child's mother later said, let me smiled as she bathed, as she bathed her dead daughter and offered to take a photo of the dead child. A doctor had seen unusual skin mottling on the child's skin and x-rays showed the child had massively en- had a massively enlarged stomach 
which was consistent with her having been deliberately injected with air. Let me later search for the child's mother on Facebook. Why? I don't get that. Taking photos of the dead baby. Like, I know... You have to be fucked. I know some parents do it because, you know, it's their baby, but let them decide to do it. Don't offer to do it for them. Just let them do what they want to fucking do. Yeah. Later on the 23rd of October, the hospital management was alerted to the concerns of the doctors on the unit. They were told to they were told not to make a fuss. Staff reviews were carried out which highlight that Letby was always on duty for the suspicious incidents and in February 2016, a doctor requested an urgent meeting with executives but no meeting occurred until May 2016. 11.26pm on Christmas Day 2015, let be searched on Facebook for the parents of the twins, Child E and Child F. By April 2016, let had been moved to Dacius because of the concerns about her and the suspicious collapses uh, that, began, occur, that began to occur in the daytime. Sorry, one sec, I'm a bit warm. Let me open my window. Getting a bit warm in here. Because my flat gets fucking roasting. Give me a sec. I was making me light. I did them. Fucking hell. Sorry. Give me a sec. Cool. Let me go. Be good. Alright, Laura Zoopsie, sorry about that. I needed to get some air because I was feeling a bit weird. On the 9th of April 2016, two twin brothers suffered sudden collapses within hours of each other. Tests found that child L inexplicably had insulin levels in his blood at the very top of the scale that the equipment was capable of measuring. Hours later, twin brother child M's heart rate and breathing suddenly dropped and he nearly died. Experts say that Child M's heart was likely caused by air being injected into his bloodstream. Although he lived, the child now suffers from brain damage. It is noted that the, is noted that the collapses of Child L and M occurred in almost identical circumstances to Child E and F. Both twins uh, where one was believed to have been injected with insulin and the other with air. Child F has survived his injection of insulin and it was noted that Child L had been injected with twice the dose of insulin suggestion being that Letby had done so to ensure death on this occasion. The meeting about the suspicious cases took place on the 11th of May 2016 but no action was taken. A month later child N nearly died after suffering trauma to the throat. Doctors saw blood and unusual swelling at the back of his throat upon examination. The baby had been heard randomly screaming Child N's father said that he then saw blood splattered around his son's mouth. I can't imagine that fucking sight. For a parent to see that their newborn child has blood splattered around the mouth. I think it's tough enough for anyone to, uh, when they have a, a child come out, for it to see anything that's abnormal mm. in any sense, because it's, it's painful enough having to watch the child and you always hope for it to be a normal uh, birth with no issues or implications. But when something like that happens, you fear the worst. Uh, everyone does this with their brain. 
Um, some people do it maybe more extreme, but even the slightest thing for me, if I get injured a tiny bit, my brain worries and then I think of the worst. And I'm like, oh my god, this is the worst thing ever. I I'm going to die. You know what I mean? So anyone who has a child and sees something slightly wrong would then think, oh god, is my child going to die? And the worst thing to see, you know, like blood around the mouth, you're thinking, oh, oh shit. Shit, fuck, this isn't good, you know. That's something you don't want to see, and it sends you into absolute panic. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, it does. It's, I can't imagine what that... Sorry. I can't imagine what that must have felt like seeing that. And considering birthing a child takes a long time, and there's lots of thought that goes into it, it's not like a thing you can just do easily. No. The final two cases occurred within hours of each other on the 23rd and 24th of June 2016. The two children involved were triplets, siblings of each other, and the cases occurred on Letby's first shift back after she had returned from a trip abroad to Ibiza and after Letby texted a colleague saying that she would be back with a bang. Child O, a perfect healthy baby, was due to be discharged home but then suddenly collapsed on the 23rd of June. When the child initially became unwell, another nurse suggested he be moved to nursery one where the sickest children were being treated. But Letby disagreed and the baby subsequently collapsed less than two hours later. He recovered but suffered two further collapses and died almost exactly three hours later. The lead consultant noted that the child should have responded better to resuscitation. X-rays on the post-mortem showed that he had an abnormal amount of gas in his body and he had liver damage that had an independent pathologist would later rule had resulted from an impact injury similar to what would have been in a car crash. There is no natural causes that cause that. 15 minutes later after child O's death, Letby was feeding his triplet brother... Uh, brother baby B sorry baby P he was also expected to be able to go home soon but he then collapsed after his diaphragm was somehow shattered doctors attempted to recover him by preparing him to go to another hospital and let B then remarked he's not leaving here alive is he the baby soon died you, you, you knew that though didn't you you sick cunt X-rays likewise showed an inexplicable amount of gas inside the baby. These deaths have been described as exceptional and the tipping point where the consultants realised that drastic action needed to be taken. A consultant allowed the surviving triplets to be taken to a different hospital by medics who had turned up to take baby P. The consultant said she allowed this after her parents had begged for it as she now felt Letby was a mortal danger to the surviving triplet. Before the second triplet had died, Letby had texted a doctor saying she would be watching them both, child P and the surviving triplet, like a hawk and said, I'm okay, just don't want to be here really, hoping I may get the new admission. <coughs> Three weeks later, in July 2016, Letby was removed from duty and the suspicious collapses stopped. On the 3rd of July 2018, Letby was arrested by police on suspicion of eight counts of murder and six counts of attempted murder, following a year-long investigation. Letby's home at Chester was searched by police following her arrest. 
after her arrest, the investigation was widened to include Liverpool Women's Hospital and the location at which Letby worked. Police have begun looking into Letby's entire career, including at Liverpool Women's Hospital, since her conviction. Letby was bailed on the 6th of July 2018 as the police continued their inquiries. Time had to be taken to review the unexpectedly large amount of document evidence found in Letby's home. In her diary... There's, actually, there's images of her bedroom... Lovely. online um which i didn't know i mean i mean i guess you have to search uh it's well it's not the tidiest my room's not tidy but her room's not tidy um i don't know why they would have uh put images of that online for you to see but you can see it um who knows what treasure trove stuff were hidden in there? I don't know. I think it was in her room. Is that where she kept the momentum stuff? Yeah. Or um, so we're about to go into Wait. that now, actually. Oh, are we? Okay. So in her diaries, we found what have what appeared to be a code of coloured um, uh, asterisks that were marked as significant events in the investigation. She was rearrested on the 10th of June 2019 in connection with eight said murders and nine said attempted murders of babies and again on the 10th of November 2020. She was bailed in 2019 as more time was needed to get evidence together to make sure it was as strong as possible before charges could be brought. There were thousands what? of exhibits in the investigation. Uh, it says... 16,571 of which were not even used as evidence and some of the items were themselves thousands of pages long. I'm sorry. I, this image here is apparently of the, the prison uh, oh, that she's going... Oh, I know about this, yeah. That, uh, I'm not being funny, it's, but it's, that... It's nice and cosy, isn't it? The, I mean, the bed seems fucking rock hard, but it's got two pillows, a fucking duvet, there's curtains... Actual coloured curtains. It looks nice um, in the bedroom at home, doesn't it? There's cards. What appears to be cards. And is that a... That looks like a... I, um, um, is that a handbag? Was it the makeup bag? I don't know, ladies. And then she's got all her perfumes and everything and makeup on the... On uh, a drawer. And there's two other drawers. I mean, I've seen prisons in the Nordic countries to be very nice. And have loads of stuff in them because I know the Nordic countries believe in ways of, um, you know, prisoners and the life that they should have in the prison. But th th that that looks very nice, which it shouldn't. I shouldn't be saying that. I thought she would have stayed in a way worse fucking cell than that. But looking at the images, like she got that shit off easy in there. That definitely looks like could be a, like a kid's bedroom or like a, be a spare bedroom you'd have in your house. I mean, yeah. That shouldn't be like that. The curtains, man. The, the, it's just that the fucking bright curtains and everything. It's a prison cell. All you should have is the fucking bars, not curtains. Who's going to be fucking looking in? The sun, yeah. But you should have to fucking deal with it if the fucking sun's shining in your eyes. Jesus Christ. I mean, you're not wrong. In, 2019, in the, the 2019 arrest and bailing had been made as... Yeah, there's... They needed further time. Sorry, uh, the 2019 arrest and bailing had been made as it 
as by this time three further cases of attempted murder had been, had been identified with investigators needed to question Letby further on and as Letby had been found to have written extensively about the case on her uh, 2018 arrest. Uh, detectives wished to see whether she had written anything further in the year while she was under investigation. The key aspects of the investigation, which has been described as painstaking, were, according to Senior Investigating Officer Paul Hughes, always asking ourselves, A, who else could it be, if not her, and what else could it be? On the 13th of March 2020, Lebby was placed on an interim suspension by the Nursing and Midwifery Council. On the 11th of, October of November 2020, Letby was charged with 8 counts of murder and 10 counts of attempted murder. She was denied bail and remanded in police custody. The Crown Prosecution Service were, convict, were convinced to approve all of the charges. Chester Constabulary uh, requested Letby after it reviewed the evidence the force collected against her. Letby denied all 22 charges against her, blaming the deaths on hospital hygiene and staffing levels. You were there for all of them, love. You didn't call I mean. help. Someone who works in the NHS pulls the card of the staffing levels, and I bet she probably said the fact that they were understaffed or something like that in some bollocks excuse. And the hygiene level? I mean, I think the hygiene levels would be very good in the NHS. Um, but coming with bullshit excuses like that, come on. Yep. On the 18th of August 2023, Andrea Sutcliffe, Chief Executive and Registrar of the Nursing and Midwifery Council, stated that let be remain suspended from our register and we will now move forward with our, rel our regulatory action seeking to strike her off the register. Letby's trial began at Manchester Crown Court on the 10th of October 2022 before Mr Justice Gross. She pleaded not guilty to seven counts of murder and 15 counts of attempted murder. Letby's parents and the families of the victims attended the trial. The child victims were referred to as child A to Q. The press secretary around the identities of the 17 babies and nine colleagues who gave evidence was rarely seen outside proceedings involving matters of national security. Two years before the criminal trial, Mr. Mrs. Justice Ste Mrs. Justice Stein banned the identification of the living victims until their 18th birthdays. Parents wanted their identifying information to be protected, though Stein J ruled that one parent's profession as a physician was relevant because of his medical expertise and that it would not make that parent identifiable to the public. Uh, several witnesses requested anonymity, uh, including a doctor who apparently Letby had feelings for. The judge approved these requests, ruling that getting testimony from the colleagues was more important than them being publicly identifiable, which I fucking agree with, yes. Prosecutors said that Letby was a constant, malevolent presence in the hospital's neonatal unit. There were witnesses that had apparently walked in during or just after Letby's attacks. A mother of one of the victims said that she had walked in on Letby trying to kill her baby, with Letby saying, trust me, I'm a nurse, when she was interrupted. Another mother had walked in hearing her baby screaming to find her child had blood around his mouth with Letby in the room. The mother said that despite the obvious distress the baby was in, Letby was just faffing around and not really doing anything. You know when it feels like somebody wants to look busy, but they're not actually doing anything. 
Uh, let be told the mother to go back to the ward. The baby's condition soon worsened and it later died in its parents' arms. No post-mortem was carried out, which might have shown that Let be had done. Afterwards, let, afterwards, let me bathe the deceased baby in front of her parents, another mother of a baby who died in October 2015, recounted an uncomfortable experience of Let be bathing her child, recounting, Lucy Let be and another nurse asked me if I want asked me if I wanted to bathe my baby. While we were bathing her, Lucy came back in. She was smiling and kept going on about how she was present at the first bath and how our daughter loved it. I wish that she would just stop talking. Letby's apparent obsession with this baby and her family later continued. She sent a sympathy card, this was the family she sent the sympathy card to, to the parents after the baby's death on the day of its funeral. Upon Letby's arrest, it was found on her phone that she had photographed the card before she sent it and had still kept pictures of it. Don't need to do that. Police had discovered during their investigation that Letby had sent texts to, other, to others after each of the deaths. She asked one, how do such sick babies get through and others just die so suddenly and unexpectedly? In another sent on the 9th of April 2016 during a day shift after two twin boys, child L and M, had collapsed, she wrote, work has been shit but, I just, but I've just won £135 on the Grand National. Unpacking party sounds good to me with my flavoured vodka. I mean, you're a piece of shit for multiple reasons, but you're also a piece of shit for supporting the Grand National. I'm not being funny, but I fucking hate the fucking Grand National. Yeah, people have criticised its treatment of the horses. Yeah, I don't like um, it. I, I don't watch the Grand National at all and don't know enough to really comment or say anything. Uh, yeah, I don't really like it, like, at all. Um, but, yeah, it's just the way she's been like, work's been shit, because, you know, the kid... this. Like two babies collapsed, but you know, I won 135 pounds. Haha, fuck off. On the 22nd of June 2016, on the evening before her return to work following a holiday in Ibiza, she texted, Probably be back in with a bang. Notably, on her first shift back the next day, child O was murdered. The text was seen as important as they sometimes appeared to be a live blogging of the events. Letby had also searched for the parents of several infant victims on Facebook, like we've mentioned. In one case, on the anniversary of a ch- of a baby's death, which was even worse, like she's doing it straight afterwards, which is fucked up enough as it is. But she's doing it again on the anniversary of one of the baby's deaths. In total, Letby had searched for eleven of the families affected. When police had asked her why she had searched the parents of child O on the anniversary of its death, she responded with that she could not explain why she would be doing it. The prosecutor asserted Letby had injected air into the bloodstream of two victims and had used insulin to murder others. It was also revealed during the trial that Letby had been told more than once to not enter a room where the parents of one of the victims were grieving. Letby said, It's always me when it happens. Like, you've been told so many times to leave them alone, and she just doesn't do it. I would have hit her. I actually would have hit her. If I was one of those parents, I would have decked her. Lebby's defence lawyer said that Lebby was a dedicated nurse in a system which has failed. That made me want to hit him, you know, when I heard that. No, the system has been failed. The system's not failed. The system has been failed by other people. 
and that the prosecution's case was driven by the assumption that someone was doing deliberate harm combined with the coincidence on certain occasions of Mrs. Le- of Miss Letby's presence, and that there had been a massive failure of care in a busy hospital neonatal unit, far too great to blame on one person. The defence argued that extraordinary bleeding in a baby boy murdered by Letby could have been caused by a rigid wire or tube. The therapeutic use of insulin was denied at Letby's co- by Letby's colleagues. Uh, no baby on the unit was being prescribed insulin and there was no reason why any baby should have been given it. The insulin was kept in a locked fridge next to the nurses station so it shouldn't have been used. A key piece of evidence was also given by a consult- by a consultant who recounted that in February 2016 he had walked in and seen Letby standing over a baby and watching as they seemed to have stopped breathing. Letby was not doing anything despite the baby desaturating. When he asked her what she was going, what was going on, she responded that he had only just then started declining. This baby went on to survive the collapse. By this stage, all seven of the paediatrician consulta- consultants who worked on the neonatal unit agreed something was seriously wrong in the department. The deaths and near deaths that were happening on the unit could not be medically explained. All the babies involved had been expected to live, and so their deaths came out of the blue. Previously, in the majority of times the premature babies had collapsed, it had been expected, and in the very rare cases, it was not already expected. It could easily be medically explained, unlike any of these cases. A paediatrician testified that he and other clinics... can't speak. He and other doctors had previously raised concerns about Letby, but were told by hospital administration that they should not be saying such things and not to make a fuss. Imagine going to your boss and going, all these babies have been dying, I'm convinced she's doing something. And they go, don't make a fuss. As if you're like... Well, that was one of the biggest things people were saying about this case, is how for this long where people not catching on and not raising concerns and how certain concerns people raised were just brushed off like in this case um and again that's it's it's always scary when you do a case and then parts of the case are people brushing stuff off or people raising concerns but then it doesn't get raised higher and then it goes on for longer because I, I feel like in a case like this, that pe- people saw some signs and they were raising warnings, but no one did anything. Yeah, that's basically what's going on. I'm not I th- criticizing really anyone in particular, but I feel like if in certain areas of workplace, especially like in a hospital, if concerns are being raised about stuff and they're getting uh, pushed aside or not taken up upon, in the, of all places, the hospital. That's quite concerning. I mean, yeah. So, on the fourth day of the trial, the prosecution presented a handwritten note from Letby, which said, I mean, I don't know, this picture of this note went around everywhere. It's one of the first things I actually saw about this case. It was a note that she had written that said, I am evil, I did this. And that she killed them on purpose because she couldn't take care of them. It further stated, I killed them and I'll never marry or have children. I'll never know what it's like to have a family. She wrote that down on a piece of, as a note and kept it. 
Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, that 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 is uh, like that's pure evil evidence right there. She's trying around, going, "I'm I'm not guilty," but she fucking wrote that she is on a fucking piece of paper and kept it. That that is just a pure form of evidence to say that I am an evil fucker. I am an evil, messed up individual. Because this is before she got sentenced, I was like, they need to fucking sentence this bitch because she is fucking guilty. And my mum went, yeah, but how do you know she is? This could, this might not have been her. And I went, she wrote on a piece of paper in a diary that she did it and that she's evil and that she killed them. What fucking more do you need? And my mum went, who who does that? What normal person writes, I am evil, I killed, blah, 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 and didn't? What normal person does that? No normal person does that. Nope. The defense argued that the note was the anguished outpouring of a young woman in fear and despair when she realizes the enormity of what's being said about her in the moment to herself. No, it's fucking not, you tit. In fear? I mean, if I'm in fear, I don't fucking write shit like that, do I now? I don't write, I'm evil, I did this. Uh, the defense also said that Letby had written it when she was dealing with employment issues, including a grievance procedure with the NHS Trust. Fuck off, you absolute weapon. Several other notes from Letby were shown in court, two of which said, Why, how has this happened? What process has led to this current situation? What allegations have been made and by who? Do they have written evidence to support their comments? And I haven't done anything wrong, and they have no evidence, so why have I had to hide away? There's something wrong with her mentally. There's definitely... Because you can't say that you did it one second and say that you have no idea what's going on the next. There's something wrong with her. Uh, both of which will let be expressing frustration about not being allowed back to work in the neonatal unit. I feel like the first note was written when she was doing it, and then the next one was when she realised they were onto her. I think yeah. that's what that is. Like she knows that they know what's going on. Like the first one's like midway through doing it, like in the peak of it, and the second one is, oh shit, they know, don't they? That's what that is. That that's not a, oh my god, what do they think I've done? Is uh, they know what I've done? Fuck. That's what that is. So the police had also discovered that Letby had secretly kept medical documents at home relating to the care of the children. Why? Why? You're not allowed to take those home, I'm pretty sure. 200, yeah, actually, yeah, there we go. 257 confidential handover sheets, resuscitation sheets, and blood gas readings were taken from the hospital, and it was later concluded that she'd kept these as some sort of trophy, with her trial judge stating that she had kept these as a morbid record of her murders. Why else would you keep them? Why? Why would you keep them? You have no need to keep them. You cannot look at that and go, oh, here's a logical reason for why I kept these piece of medical documents about how I killed these fucking babies. There's no logical thing that you could say to make anyone understand why you did it because there isn't. The sensitive documents, which should never have left the hospital because I'm fucking allowed to do that, contained the names of the babies and the documents had been stuffed and hidden away in shopping bags under her bed. Yeah, yeah, they were trophies. Yeah, I, I don't get how you can take like documents like that out of uh, out of a hospital. In my mind, I I thought like she documents has, she like has, that. She has access to read them because she was the designated nurse for a few of the victims. I that's why she has access to them. 
but you're not allowed to take them out of the hospital. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know much about hospital documents and stuff, but in my mind, I always thought that, you know, there's stuff that has to remain in hospital because of the type of information that it is, and if it fell into the wrong hands, which is why you can't take it out, but yeah. in, again, it's a case of someone having that authority um, has that access to that, I guess, like in the, the case I just covered, person had access into there, and in this case, she had access to them, you can abuse that power. Well, yeah. One note of medications given to a baby boy who managed to survive after being on the brink of death, written on a paper towel, was also found under Letby's bed. The fact she's keeping them under a bed is weirder. I don't know, I don't know why, but it's just weirder that she's kept them under her bed. Uh, Letby claimed at trial that she had no means of destroying the confidential notes, yet the court heard a paper shredder, heard paper shredder which could have done which which would have done the job was found in her room so uh, this would have been documents that would have shown how these babies died because i'm pretty sure that's like the conditions the declining and every all the stats will be on paper it would have been all on record so she took that she's going to destroy it so then she could get away with it. It's like, they've, they've been witnessing you doing it. You could have done that and they probably still would have found you guilty because she kept a fucking note saying that you did it. So her diary was also found marked with the initials of the babies she killed on the exact days that she did them. So, um, so in her diary, on the exact days that the babies died, she would mark those pages with the initials of the babies. How fucked are you? That's like a little... That's like a little... Um, like, joke to yourself, in a way. That's like a little, like, only me will understand this situation. It was within this diary that the note states... That, that's where they found the note that said that she's evil. That was in the diary. More notes were found that contained phrases such as... I'm sorry that you couldn't have a chance at life. I don't want to do this anymore. How can life be this way? I hate my life and help written in all capitals. That's her knowing that she's spiralling out of control and she can't stop. She knows she can't stop. That's what that is. Like, she knows what she's doing, but she knows she can't stop. But she's collecting everything as a trophy the prosecution said the notes were evidently confessions of guilt rather than just the words of a woman in distress correct these no, no i wouldn't say guilt i like guilt kinda but at the same time it's like the you can say guilt with those phrases but one thing that I could not say guilt to is having the initials of the babies written on the exact days in your diary that they died. That's not guilt. That's a little joke to yourself. It's a little pride moment to yourself in my head. Those notes and documents had been found in searches of Letby's home in Chester and of her parents' house in Hereford. So she didn't just have them in her own home. She took them to her parents' house as well and kept some trophies there. So it's constant. 
Lebby herself gave evidence to the court in May 2023, breaking down in tears and claiming she was made to feel as though she was incompetent by meaning no harm. When asked why she wrote the I am evil, I did this, Lebby said, I felt at the time if I'd done something wrong, I must be such an evil, awful person. I'd somehow been incompetent and had done something wrong, which had affected those babies. I don't know. No, because some of these were purposely done. It's not like you just saw them deteriorating from a natural thing and left them to it. It's no, you caused the issue. Let me said that the allegations had neg had oh my oh, she said that the allegations had negatively impacted her mental health. Oh, diddums, fuck off, you prick. She said, I don't think you can be accused of anything worse than that. I just changed as a person. My mental health deteriorated. I felt isolated from my friends on the unit. Uh, from a self-confidence point of view, it made me question everything about myself. Oh, fuck off. It was observed that Letby eventually began to lose her composure in the witness box, asking for a number of unplanned breaks. It was also observed that she only broke down when talking about herself and the impact it had on her. So... In my head, if you actually have remorse, when they start talking in detail about how you've murdered these babies, you'd be breaking down crying at hearing that. At hearing the horrific stuff you did. The only time she broke down crying is when they talked about her and how this has upset her. That's not remorse, bitch. That's not remorse. That's you giving shit only about yourself, in my eyes. Uh, apparently this made the prosecution say that this was very telling of her when she reacted like this. She had not shown any emotion in relation to the fate of the babies. It was also noted that she repeatedly contradicted herself, uh, muddled up her story and became more and more frustrated with the prosecutor's questions, which was unlike her usual calm demeanour. On the 10th of July 2023, after a nine-month trial, the jury was sent to deliberate. Verdicts were returned by the jury on several days, starting on the 8th of August, but it was not until the final verdicts were returned on the 18th of August that the, that the verdicts were made public. Letby was found guilty of several counts of murder of seven babies. She killed them by injecting them with air, overfeeding them, poisoning them with insulin, and assaulting them with medical tools. Remember the two babies that the doctor thought that the injuries were the same as a car crash victims? Yep. Yeah. This wasn't just natural causes, like the fucking prosecutors that a defense is coming out with. These Some of these babies had actual physical injuries. <sighs> Fuck me. Uh... She is the most prolific serial killer of children in modern British history, has been on record. Letby was also found guilty of seven counts of attempted murder of six infants. Letby was found not guilty on, the, on two counts of attempted murder. The jury was unable to react to verdicts on six further attempted murder charges. Uh, Nicholas Johnson KC asked the court for 28 days to consider whether a retrial would be south for these counts. On the 21st of August 2023, Letby was sentenced to life imprisonment with a whole life order. Now, we've done cases before where 
criminals have been given a, a whole life order, this means they will never get out. There is no parole. They can't apply for parole. There's not like, oh, in 30 years' time, they can apply for parole. No, they're not allowed to have any. They have no chance. There is zilch, nothing. They have nothing. This is the most severe sentence possible under English law. She is the fourth woman in the UK legal history to receive this sentence. Goss said that Letby committed a cruel, calculated, cynical campaign of child murder involving the smallest and most vulnerable of children. There is also there is a video of him saying this, by the way, if you want. This is the only video this is the only video that was from the courtroom that was uploaded that was released to the public. It was on the news. Uh, I've seen it multiple times at this point. It just fucking pops up everywhere. He stated, in closing, he stated, there was a deep malevolence uh, bordering, bordering on sadism. You have no remorse. There are no, there are no uh, mitigating factors. The offences are of sufficient uh, severity to require a whole life order. Now, she wasn't there for this because she opted to not attend the sentencing hearing. And as such, heard neither the various victim impact statements which were read out, nor her sentence being passed. She wasn't there. She refused to go. She stayed Mm -hmm. downstairs in the holding cell. She refused to listen to any of it. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, that, that, you don't give a shit. Let's fucking face it. That's what it showed. In response, Alex Chalk, Secretary of State of state for justice wrote that the government will look into options to change the law at the earliest opportunity to compel defendants to attend their sentencing as they should Lebby's parents who had been present throughout her trial also did not attend a sentencing hearing theirs is more understandable like it's their kid they don't want to hear this that the kid's going down for the rest of the fucking life them I can put to the side like whatever you didn't do these fucking crimes but she should have been forced to be there to hear everything she should have been forced to sit there have the parents look at her and say what they needed to say 100% should have been there now shockingly enough I'm actually going to agree with Rishi Sunak on something which never fucking happens because I hate the man but on the 30th of August 2023 the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak actually said something logical I know shocking He announced that the UK government would introduce legislation to Parliament that would compel convicted criminals to attend their sentencing hearings by force if necessary or face the prospect of more time in prison. I feel like if you got a whole life order, they're just going to make you do it then. Because you're going to, there's no point because you got a whole life order, aren't you? After the trial, Lucy Letby was transferred to HMP Low Newton, a closed prison for women in County Durham. Bit cushy over there, isn't it? Bit nice. You've, you've seen the pictures. Pictures are online. Very nice. Very, very, very nice cells. I feel like for like women who have committed like, like robberies, fraud. Not like they're not minor crimes, but they're very like not ser- not serious ones. Ones where they'll be get like they'll be getting out in like two months because they've not committed a murder, not committed any sexual offences. Like re- rehabilitate them, fair enough, whatever. Like she should not be getting a cushy life at all. No, at all. She's already been attacked. Apparently, that's one thing I fucking heard, which I'm not surprised by. She's gonna be. She, she's. She. I've got a feeling she'll be dead within the next like five ten years 
Probably some she's gonna get jumped. She's she's gonna be dead in the next five ten years, let's be fair. Let's face it. During the trial, the prosecution suggested several possible motives for the killings, including uh, so basically, obviously, we don't know the proper motives because she's not told us because she's not really fucking spoken about it. Because she says she's not guilty whilst also having notes that say that she's guilty. So we don't know the motives for the reason why she did this horrific shit. But people, prosecution have obviously suggested possible motives whilst looking into the evidence. Some of which include boredom. Some what? Th- yeah, they're saying that she might have done it because she was fucking bored. Fuck off, no. She if that, was, if that was her motive, then fucking hell, that's that's just like... Like, I've been bored. But I've never thought, oh, I'm bored, I'm gonna go kill someone. Never done that. Like, if I'm bored, I'm just like, I'm fucking bored, me. And that's it. <laughs> Put something on TV, scroll on TikTok for a bit. You know, the usual shit when you're bored. Read a book. I don't know. Find something to make me not bored. Don't kill people. Another one was that she got a thrill from the events surrounding the death and that she enjoyed playing God. That one I might believe a lot more. The prosecution told the jury that she was controlling things, that she was enjoying what was going on, she was predicting things that she knew were going to happen. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that, I think that. I think she saw these sick babies and went, oh, I know what's going to happen. Oh, let's just speed up the process. I think that was, like, part of that. And then after, like, a good one or two, she was like, no, she just couldn't stop herself. She just enjoyed it too much. Another possible motivation suggested that by the prosecution was that the killings were to gain the attention of a married doctor that Letby apparently might have had a secret relationship with. That I've seen people... Do weird shit to get the attention of like people that they have a crush on, and you could cringe about it in like a year or two's time. This ain't one of those cases. Some notes were found in her home in police searches were declarations of love for the colleague. Some of the notes said, "I trusted you with everything and loved you. You were my best friend, and please help me." During her trial, it was noted that Letby broke down for the first time only when this doctor, who she apparently had this relationship with, gave evidence and she tried to leave the doc without permission at this point. Like, when I was listening to that podcast, they do go into the text between her and this doctor. And there's obvious flirting going on, there was definitely something going on, and apparently her friends teased her about it and all this kind of stuff. And she'd always do the whole, like, oh, I feel like shit because this has happened today after she's done something to cause the collapse of a child and he'd be all like oh let me just take care of you let me pick you up let me take for food like she was definitely like she was doing it for other motivated reasons i feel but she was definitely using the sympathy and aftermath to gain this person's attention without doubt when she was questioned about it she said she had felt unwell and when questioned she claimed she didn't know uh apparently in one of the texts they were talking about going commando and she said she claimed she didn't know what it meant so she's saying that the text, what? the text and the flirting were bullshit, and I'm like, "Fuck off, mate! You know that fucking stupid." But yeah, uh, and the only time she broke down was first time she broke down was when he walked into the room, and they think that the reason why she did it was to gain his attention. I think she was gaining his attention with the sympathy that she was trying to get off with it, get off at the end with it. 
I don't think she did it initially to get his attention, though. I think that was just, like, the sympathy plan afterwards. I think she was just doing it for whatever reason she was doing it for. And she knew that she... I think she saw the sympathy that she got the first time around. And she just loved it. But we... Yeah. I think that might have been it. But that's just me. Let us know what you guys think. Because that is the case of Lucy Letby. Britain's most prolific child killer in modern history. I mean, hopefully nobody um gets to her level again because it's fucking horrible I mean, yeah. um it's just, it's just a case that should just when this happened i was like this shouldn't have happened we we uh, this is something that's really shocked a lot of people in the uk um considering how well we praise the NHS and the hospitals that we have here and then for something like this to happen it's just like holy shit of all the things that we um, don't want to happen you know we have a, a, a young person working in the NHS killing off newborns and very young babies and it, 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 I'm shocked that some of this has happened. Now, is this case one that's going to make people look into the NHS more on noticing stuff and wrongdoings going on in the workplace? Hopefully so. Um, what else will come out of this? I don't know. We'll just have to probably see what the other people they were trying to interview are going to say, the higher-up folk. Um, in the hospital, which are refusing to comment. And I think the folk who are refusing to comment, or they're not saying anything, know that there's stuff that goes under the carpet where, like, concerns are raised and they don't take them up upon um, themselves. And then when they're que- when like, a case like this happened, they're questioned, like, did you know anything? Some of that they don't say anything because they know that stuff like this ha- maybe happens on a daily basis where concerns are raised from staff and they just go, uh just brush it to the side sort of thing. I mean, yeah. Yeah, guys, this was a horrific case. Hope you enjoyed it. That's the only thing I can really say about that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think for the people who aren't from the UK, um, might have found this episode quite interesting. Yeah. As of, it's a more recent thing, and, and, um, I'd, maybe this stuff like this has happened before in other countries, but it's a it's a big deal for our country right now. Uh, yeah. You know, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of messed up stuff going on right now in this year in the past recent months and stuff. So um, it's it is quite shocking. This case adds on to the amount of other fucked up cases that are happening in the UK right now, and um, it's very sad because. Having to turn on the telly and hear more stuff about this case or other ones, see them in the newspaper, it's very unsettling. Um, I mean, yeah, true. Yeah, guys, thank you for listening to this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. And it's your week next week. Yeah, I I won't cover something 
in the realm of this. I, I, I've got some, um, some in my mind that I think I want to do, nice. but um, you know, this one hasn't been like a very uh, gruesome, gruesome in the terms of like detail and stuff. But maybe I'll I'll do something a little less tame and a little more like um, one that might not as affect people as much. Because I feel like if there's people listening, you know, having newborn children or wait to have a child, this isn't. Uh, yeah, I did give. Isn't it, something. There was a disclaimer about this at the start of what this was about. So yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll probably I'll I'll, I'll maybe pick someone else that's not from the UK. But the, you picked the most biggest crime case in the UK at the moment. So yes, I did. Uh, to be fair, I've been wanting to cover it for a while. I was just waiting until the the sentencing had happened, really, and then Jacob my boyfriend requested said oh you should really cover this case and i was like i want to wait until it's been decided what's going on with it and then as soon as she got sentenced i was like right let's go well well that's the thing that is there's there's a lot of big deal um cases happening right now in the uk or that have happened sadly and obviously we could cover some of them but you, uh, you have to wait till stuff comes out before you can yes. say that the information's there and that you, you've got the kind of settling ish sort of stuff because uh with the new cases that i do yeah they're in recent years um but it's kind of like the trial has happened this has happened they're in the prison cell this is kind of over with i i wouldn't cover a case where like not it's not been put to uh fully done because yeah. then i feel like I'm, half the information will just come out afterwards and then i didn't give it all so yeah, the only times I do um, that is if it's on a really old unsolved case, but it has to be fairly old for me to do that. Yeah, but like um, you know, in 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 recent talks of the news around here and stuff, some cold cases might might get solved in the next coming months. So I might, uh, if I can get information, nice. all there, I might pick some cold cases um, that get solved. Um, just depends, but I do have some. But as anyone knows, uh, some of the stuff I have talked about previously, there's some of the situation cases which I might go and delve into. So we'll see. We'll just see what I uh, choose. Yeah, looking forward to it. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. We shall see you next week with a new episode. And have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.